Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of All Things Elite. My name is the Sly One Jordan Fox and with me as always, your Floyd and Savior, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. Floyd, what's up, man? Dude, uh, I feel like I might need like a volume or something. I say that because I'm so excited to do this show. Uh, and I feel like I need to calm down. Hopefully my excitement <laughs> and loudness doesn't come through. I mean, you know, oh God, you know how much I love the elite. So I am here to hopefully be, uh, hopefully be one of the voices of the fans of the elite, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Let's, uh, let's start off by talking with everyone for just a second, and we're going to tell them how we got to this position, how we got on socialsuplex.com and the Social Suplex Podcast Network, uh, and go from there. So just to, to start things off, this is going to be a weekly show that will be on, just like we said, socialsuplex.com and the Social Suplex Podcast Network, uh, and it's going to be a weekly show covering all things uh, ATE, man. Uh, all things elite, uh, and we're talking about the elite. We're talking about Cody, Adam Page, the Young Bucks, uh, anything and everything. We're going to talk about all elite wrestling. Uh, and you know, for those of y'all, you should know what all uh, all elite wrestling is. But if you don't, we're going to talk about that here in the in the in the coming moments of the show here in just a little bit. Uh, but just to go over a little bit about Floyd and myself, we'll start with Floyd. So Floyd. Uh, you want to tell everybody how we met or what? Yeah, uh, yeah. This is, it. I mean, me and you, um, we're we're both. You've been recording. We record a podcast together, and but we're both kind of podcast veterans. We've had uh, I record a show called Around the Ring, and and uh, we were just talking about, and he, you saw that Around the Ring had the OK in it, and you was like, "Is that for Oklahoma?" And we started talking. Uh, we have a mutual friend, and we had a mutual friend in the wrestling business. And I was listening to your show. And then one day, you were like, "Hey, I need a guest host." You know, a couple times a week. And I was like, "Of course," you know, because I'm one of those people, dude. I'm always down to talk about wrestling. Right. And, right. Uh, and we and, and it ended up kind of becoming a permanent thing. Yeah, absolutely, and we've been, shoot, we've been, I don't, I should have looked it up to see how long we've been together, but we've been together, I would say, probably six months now doing a daily show. We do, uh, we just lowered it, it was a one-hour daily show, five days a week, every every weekday, Monday through Friday. Uh, you work nights, your shoot job is a night job, so you get off work, you come home, and I, I get up early, and we meet right in the middle, and we do an hour of wrestling, and it kind of... For you, it kind of caps off your day before you sleep and go back to work. And for me, it kind of starts off my day, you know, we, so it like we were it's literally, like the perfect mixture. We were literally just talking about that. That's how I decompress. It's yeah. like 
that's how I mean sometimes you got to leave work at work and some that's my best way it's like I get home I I generally have a little while before we actually record I sit there can go through my night or whatever and then I talk about wrestling and it's like everything that happened before then is just gone I mean wrestling is my peace wrestling is my happiness wrestling is my life so it's like I completely let go of everything else when we talk about wrestling. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I absolutely love it. Uh, and just, uh, just to always find it kind of weird to talk about myself, but we'll talk about, we'll, yeah. we'll yeah. give a little background just for a second here. So uh, about a year ago now, I actually uh, left my shoot job as a firefighter paramedic, and I was looking for what I wanted to do next in my life. Uh, I was uh, about to hit 30 years old. I was like, man, what am I going to do? And I actually had been following socialsuplex.com, and I was looking for a uh, New Japan podcast to learn about what's currently going on in New Japan, the history of New Japan. So I was on um, Reddit, and I posted the question about it, and some people recommended me to a podcast on Social Suplex. So I contacted them. I contacted Jeremy Donovan and uh, Josh. And they, um, I started listening to their podcast and they were really cool. And I asked them, you know, I was just like, Hey man, uh, could, can I try to start like writing articles for your website? And they were like, yeah, we'll give you a shot. So they actually gave me my first shot in the wrestling business. And from there I got a publicist job for a wrestling promotion based out of mine and your native Oklahoma. And from there I got two commentary jobs, uh, that I currently work uh, that I currently work in for two different wrestling promotions, one in Oklahoma, one in Texas. And then about two or three months, I guess, after me and you hooked up and started doing our daily show, um, I actually started training. So now I'm about halfway through my training right now to become a professional wrestler myself. So, like, um, we, I feel like you and I are the perfect mixture to do a show because I was a wrestling fan as a child and, uh, Around the time, maybe a year or two after I kind of figured out that it was, I guess, kind of a work, I guess you would say, mm-hmm. I around that time, I really started, just to, just to you know put it bluntly for a typical teenage boy, like I got interested in girls, and I wanted to like hang out with girls all the time and stuff, and I kind of fell out of my wrestling fandom. I never stopped being a fan, but I didn't follow the product week to week, right? So there's like a big gap up until about three years ago when my son got into it, and I and I really fell back in love with indie wrestling and WWE, um, there's a pretty big gap. And I always say on our other show um, that you are one of the smartest guys I've ever met in wrestling. You, can, you, you and our other friend, Marvelous Mike Moore, who hopefully may become on the show one day, uh, you two, between you two guys, I don't think there's anything in wrestling, in wrestling history that y'all two don't know. And... Uh, I think that's what makes me and you the perfect podcast couple, podcast team, whatever you want to call it, because like I have this big fandom and I have like this huge thirst for knowledge, and then you have this huge fandom and you have the knowledge. Does that make sense? So like, yeah. so like a lot of our talking is me getting info from you and being like, man, that's so cool. I never knew that, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, I, I think uh, people that listen to the show are going to be in for a treat to to see how much you know about wrestling. 
and how passionate we both are about wrestling. So I think it's I think it's going to be a fun show, man. Yeah, definitely. And just filling some gaps about me, I'm 37, turned 38 this year. Uh, never, there was never a gap in wrestling for me. My brother's about my brother's about 10 years older than me. I only bring him up because he got me into wrestling, and I mean that's something we've shared my whole life. So I like I said, I live, breathe, eat, sleep this. Uh, I'm, I honestly, I know people that I can say have been to more stuff than me, but you know, I enjoy it all. I, I don't think it's a competition. I think wrestling fans should support each other. But that being said, I've been to eight WrestleManias, over a hundred WWE shows. Me and Jordan were at, uh, we're both at all in. I'll, I'll be a double or nothing. Uh, I mean, I mean, when it comes to this, Cody Rhodes is my favorite wrestler. I, I, I'm not going, if you feel like I am being overly affectionate or overly loving towards Cody Rhodes, I apologize for that now because that's never going to change. He is, (laughs) he is my favorite wrestler. Uh, that it's like, so yeah, that moment when the he hit the three and the crowd popped it all in was one of the best moments in my wrestling fandom and nothing can take that away from me i was like all all elite wrestling which i am wholeheartedly hoping is the biggest success ever but it could fall flat on his face and no one can take that moment away so and and that's what i feel like the elite do is make moments and but yeah, I met the Young Bucks for the first time in Oklahoma City, and which I didn't even know who they were. Uh, I'm be 100% honest. I did not start following the Bullet Club or the Elite until Cody signed. When Cody joined the Bullet Club, and his first, it was like his joined. He had his first match at ROH. It's my like was my first match in a long time watching ROH, and you know his when he returned did his match with juice at uh wrestle kingdom that was my first full wrestle kingdom i pretty much follow cody where he goes and i follow cody into the bullet club and i bought all the bullet club shirts you know i wouldn't say all but i got a lot of bullet club shirts and then i got all the you know bought a lot of the cody shirts and uh yeah so believe me i i am a fan and you will hear my fandom through my voice and I hopefully represent the voice of the fans. So that's what I try to do every day. And if I feel like, if you feel like I'm coming up short anyway in my passion, please let me know. I, I do want to take this moment to announce our Twitter. Uh, which, sweet, uh, sweet. Is, which is, it is, the Twitter is AT, it's AT Elite Pod at twitter so it's at elite pod and then when you go to it it's all things elite complete with our logo uh you know add us chat us chat us tell us if you think we can do something better if we can cover up something more i can tell you since this is our first episode we are a little bit behind all the other elite podcasts and there is so much information we're not going to cover it all on this first show but right, we're, right. We're, we're we're hoping you grow with us. We will uh, we will cover as much as we can today, and hopefully, as we get do more, we get better. As you get better with us, and the only way we get better is hearing from you. 
and hearing right, feedback right. about what you want us to cover, what you want us to focus on. I am not the biggest. Uh, I am trying to learn my knowledge on the the deal with uh, OWE. Uh, I am going to do everything I can to learn as much as I can. And I, you know, I, we are with Meltzer and I, I'm signing up for, uh, the voices of wrestling pod. And I'm going to try to give you the, all the information that I have, but this is really not like a news podcast. This is a fan podcast. So I'm going to take the news and tell you what I think about it, how I get excited, hopefully tell you about events that's coming up and, and one thing you will learn about us, we are very, very positive. <laughs> yes, yes, that is that is one thing. Uh, and, and I have noticed that at times that does bother some people, so I hope it doesn't bother anybody listening. But we are very, um, the glass is half full kind of guys, you know. So there's a lot of things like, uh, and, you know, I'm not going to talk about our other show all the time, but, like, that's, like, my reference point, especially something like this, like, on our other show, there's lots of things uh, that we cover about WWE, and we could just sit there and just bash them and stuff, but we just kind of try to highlight the positive things. Yes, you know what I mean? we're, we're going to you know, focus. We're, we're, yeah, we're going to focus on the good stuff. We're, we're wrestling fans, you know what I mean? We know as wrestling fans that there's a lot of crap out there, you know what I mean? So, uh, But why not just try to highlight what we yes. did like, you know what I mean? Because... All it's going to do is just put me in a bad mood if all the wrestling that I talk about is just junk wrestling. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I want to tell you what to go watch. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I don't really want to focus on what not to watch. I'm just like social media, Twitter, and all that stuff. I I am on it. I post and stuff, but it can be so negative at times. And I just think the one thing about the elite, the all you know, the elite and their group of people is to they're trying to change the universe trying to change the world they're trying to put a light out in the world and you know what if that's the case my podcast is going to represent that light that they're trying to put out in the world so our podcast is it's perfect for us because it goes with our natural sensibilities it's to be a light to the world not to focus on the negative yeah absolutely man absolutely yeah um well, why don't we start talking about some some all elite wrestling, man? Where do you want to start at? Do you want to start with, um, well, why don't we start with the elite? So why don't you just kind of go over uh, the members of the elite and tell us if they have all signed with um, all elite wrestling or not? Yes. So it looks like other than uh, so the obvious Cody. Uh, Adam Page, the Young Bucks, Hangman, excuse me, and Brandy—they've all, of course, signed with uh, the uh, signed with uh, All Elite. Brandy is her role is going to be the, the chief brand officer or the chief Brandy officer, as she's been so affectionately called. Cody and the Young Bucks are all executive price residents. They all have that title. Uh, Adam Page is he's a worker he's the star he probably will still help backstage and stuff like that but as far as I know the only title he has is you know contracted performer so uh, that's great Uh, Kenny Omega his contract with New Japan's not up to January 31st so and it's funny because I listen to other podcasts are like why won't he just announce where he's going well he really can't 
he's under contract to January 31st, so he can't announce until, you know, February 1st, just like the Young Bucks and Cody waited until January 1st. And then right, Marty, right. Marty Skrull, I've heard so many different rumors with his contract. I've heard his contract's up in April. I heard that June, and now I'm hearing November. So whenever his contract is up, eventually I think he'll be coming to AEW. I mean, I, I know other people like to pretend like there's a chance he might sign somewhere else. And Marty's kind of like he's he seems like somewhat of the loner of the group. But I think all 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 said and done, he's AEW. They're going to put a spotlight on him that, you know, He's not going to get into WWE. If he's in the WWE, he's going to be a cruiserweight. You know, he's right, in the New right. Japan. He's going to be a junior. I mean, that's how it is. AEW is going to treat him like the professional wrestler that he is. He is going to be a featured act. Um, let's let's back up one person and speculate on Kenny Omega for a second because you and I haven't actually had time to talk about this, but. Um, I read a report, and you might uh, know if this is false or not, but I think it was on Fightful.com, and they said that reportedly Kenny Omega turned down a $3.5 million a year downside guarantee from WWE. Have you read that? Do you know if it's true? I have, and where do you think Kenny Omega is going? I've read it. I, and you know what? I try to take all news online with a grain of salt. I'm going to say... With AEW, with ROH, with Impact, with everybody bidding, uh, I will say I believe it's true that he got offered that much. I mean, that's I mean AJ. That's right around the AJ number, so he definitely got offered that much. Uh, I think with Kenny Omega, if I just go with a gut, I don't think it's about the money. I think it's about the performance. I think it's about creative control. And I think it's about wrestling with his friends, you know, working with his friends. You know? I, I would, yeah, I, um, the best way that I would describe Kenny Omega to people is like, I kind of think he's kind of like the Eddie Vedder of professional wrestling. You know, Eddie Vedder's the lead singer of Pearl Jam, and Eddie Vedder is always like, no, I've I've got money. Like I want to create art that I would listen to. I want to create art that I enjoy, and I think that uh, I think Kenny Omega has that mindset. You know, he's the last several years he's made quite a bit of money in regards to being a professional wrestler that has never, you know, been in WWE. I know he was in uh, a developmental territory for a while, but he was never on the main roster. So you know, he makes. He's a very high-paid wrestler for someone that's not in WWE, and I think he's kind of got that mindset of, you know, I've got money, I can make money, I want to create art that I enjoy and that touches people. Yeah, would you agree with that in any I, way? I, absolutely, and you see with the young, young bucks, you know, they've been together and tight for years, and, and like you can kind of tell, you know, what a person's mindset is a lot of times by kind of how they dress, and. Kenny Omega is a t-shirt and jeans kind of dude. You know what I mean? It's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, it's like, it's, I'm not saying, and believe me, I don't know him. Me and Kenny Omega, only, we've had uh, two, two, three sentence conversations ever. So believe me, I don't know him. It's just the feel you get from him is not the feel of someone that's just like money, 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 money. He might, I mean, he might be, but I don't get that feeling from him at all. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you say t-shirt and jeans. We seen them, uh, when I, when I seen them, I was coming out a side door, uh, when I got to meet Cody and Brandy for just a brief second at all in. And, um, they were coming in, trying to sneak in a side door and I just happened to be walking out said side door. Uh, and Kenny, Kenny Omega and I passed each other and he was in a pair of cutoff jeans, no shoes and a white plain fruit of the loom t-shirt. I just thought it was so funny. Like, this guy's making $750,000 a year in New Japan. Dude showed up in a pair of nine-year-old Levi's that he cut into shorts and no shoes. You know what I mean? Yeah, the dude's not rocking Rolexes. You know what I mean? It's just... Right, right. Yeah, it's like, you know... I, and like I said, it's... Like I said, that's... For me, it's speculation. And I will speculate a lot on this because I am a fan and I don't know these people personally. He just doesn't... He seems to more about the art of professional wrestling than he does about uh he then he does about money in professional wrestling because he could have signed the wwe deal it was there if you just want the money it was there you know right so um let's talk about some female wrestlers for a minute uh so who was the first female not uh we're excluding brandy in this one uh, and I wouldn't say we're not excluding her. We're not saying she's not a wrestler, but I would just say because she's in the elite. So who was the, besides Brandy, who was the first female signed and has there been more female signs since then? Yes. With the, the first female, I was more of the first female exclusive performer. Like she's just going to be uh, wrestling. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just going to be wrestling. And that's Dr. Britt Baker. And I, I really do want, she is a working dentist and apparently the contract that she signed worked around her having her career as a dentist. But she is the first, uh, female performer, uh, full-time performer signed for, uh, All Elite Wrestling. Uh, we saw her at All In. Uh, and a lot of people's, I heard a lot of people say that was their favorite match of the show was the fatal four way women's match. Uh, so it's just, and it's kind of funny cause you look at that women's match. It was her, Chelsea green, Tessa Blanchard and Madison rain, you know, Tessa impact Madison rain signed an exclusive deal with ROH Chelsea Green pretty much went straight to WWE after the show. And then, you know, Britt Baker signs with AEW. It's like, that match was so over. All four of those women signed contracts on it. And then you had, just to throw another woman from that show, uh, Jordan Grace, she signs an exclusive deal with Impact. And she pretty much... uh, she pretty much uh, has said on Twitter that she's given the credit to her all-in performance for that. Wow. Well, yeah, Jordan Grace is a, is a beast, man. Yeah, she was like one of those people that if you were really into wrestling, you knew, but you didn't know. And then all-in, it just opened up the eyes because she's to a whole bunch of other people that wouldn't know who she was generally. Right, right, right. Um, let's talk about SCU, man. So has all three members of SCU signed and, uh, do you see, uh, maybe a possible like Von Erichs versus Freebirds, uh, kind of feud in between the elite and SCU? SCU! Let me, let me say this about SCU. 
I don't think they're going to do it because they feuded in the ROH and stuff. And what they've said is they're they're really trying to bring in different. I I think they'll be more featured than they were before. I think Christopher Daniels personally. Uh, I mean, it has not been announced. This again, me speculating. I think he'll be like a wrestler and producer role. You know what I mean? As right. yeah, I think he'll be doing a little bit of both. Frankie Kazarian has the cigar company with Cody. So and then Scorpio Sky, he's just a hell of a performer that no one knew about just because he wasn't put in the right position. So I think they're gonna figure out a way to present them a little you know, definitely differently. And, you know, they're I imagine AEW's gonna have a tag team title and, you know, they'll probably be up for it and, and you know and they're very good because the thing about them is they're they're like when you talk about baseball players they talk about five tool players and those are players that can you know they you know they can feel they can hit they can do it SCU is like a five tool group you want to do a comedic match they can do it you want to do uh ladder wars they can do it you want to put on a five star technical match they can do it they are so all around talented as three people uh as a group of three and you know and they're good on the mic and you know of course they got the catchphrase and it's like and they're one of the few people that can come into your town and say it's the worst town that you ever been in and get over and the whole town changes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's just like, yeah. And then, I mean, because that used to just be such a old school heel tactic to say, this is like the worst town ever. But they made it, they made it pop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree. Uh, real quick. So you just mentioned that you figure that uh, AEW will have a tag team title and they'll be in the runnings for it if you imagine so. Uh, or you imagine, anyway. Um, is there any word on the names of the titles, how many titles, if there will be a, a women's title, a secondary men's title, anything like that? Have we had any word on any of that? We have got yet? no word on the titles and the names. Uh, Hangman at the press conference, at the initial press conference, said he wanted to be the first AEW world champion, and that's pretty much the only thing I ever heard. Uh, with them being all about equality, that almost guarantees there's going to be a women's title. Um, but yeah, um, and because from what I've heard, uh, you know, Cody's going to kind of be over the singles division. I mean, all all of those things that they do the all three of them have to say yes. So I'm not going to say he's going to be exclusively over, but Cody's going to kind of run the singles division. The Bucks are going to kind of run the tag team division. And then Brandy, and then Brandy's going to run the women's division. That's how oh, I, so she's going she's to run the women's division. I did not know that. Yes, because what a lot of people lose the fact is, you know, over the last few years, Cody has taken a lot of Cody and Brandy have taken a, a lot of bookings that they pretty much didn't have to take, and so it's one of those things. They've been wrestling, but they've also been scouting. And, you know, they've been looking and they've been, you know, looking at talent all around the world. So who better decide what talent to bring in than the people that is actually locked up with them? Yeah, I could see it. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I imagine, you know, uh, Tony, uh, Tony, uh, Tony Khan, who we'll talk about later. 
he's going to have a say in booking and everyone's going to have a say in booking and the storytelling but in general that's how they're going to they're going to kind of be over the talent acquisitions for each of their individual groups okay i get it i get it um another person that we know probably uh one of the most experienced uh, I would say, guys, that is signed with AEW so far is uh, Y2J, Chris Jericho. Do you have any idea what his contract entails, like what his job will be with the promotion, anything like that? Will he, he, uh, and another thing is, will he be a contracted wrestler as well? Yes, he is clearly the biggest star <laughs> that they sign. Uh, you know, I mean, I have to kind of swallow my pride because I'm a Cody guy, and I think Cody's kind of God, but... Of course, Chris Jericho's Chris Jericho. He's been doing this for 20 years. He's main evented WrestleMania. You know, pretty much when you say an accomplishment, is you might as well say to try to figure out the things he hasn't done because he's done right. so much. So he's definitely the biggest name, biggest following with Fozzie. Um, he is a three-year deal, and he is a contracted wrestler. Uh, he was on um, his show. And he just talked about how important it is that he shows up and performs and he is there to help launch the startup company. And it's kind of awesome because when they talk about the company, they talk about this is a startup. This is like a Tech Valley or any other company. It's a startup. And, you know, they're, you know, they have to, you know, guide how things are going so they can uh, launch and, you know, be great. So Chris Jericho is the Chris Jericho is brings legitimacy to all elite wrestling. I mean, and of course, Cody and the Bucks, you know, they have their hardcore fans, but Chris Jericho is going to bring the casuals. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the casual fans, like you just said, the casual, the casual wrestling fan will see legitimacy in this promotion. If no other, if for no other reason, when they see Chris Jericho's name on there, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. Um, speaking of, so I, I kind of stuttered a second ago when I said probably the most experienced guy being Chris Jericho, and the reason that I kind of thought about that for a second was because there is no official word, I don't believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but good old JR, Jim Ross, our fellow Oklahoma native, uh, there's a lot of talk about him possibly coming to the promotion when his contracts with other promotions are up. Uh, is there any word on that? Any his, timetable? Anything like that? WWE. I believe his WWE contract is up mid-March. And okay. that, that being said, I mean, honestly, most people think he's coming to AEW. Uh, definitely going to work backstage with, uh, you know, the talent and acquisition and stuff like that. And they think he might be the voice of the show. I would you know, I'm holding back on that just because it's it's going to be what Jr. wants to do. Jr. is going to be able to call his shot in this case. Really, you think like you're talking about like any job that he wants, any type of money he wants, like that kind of call a shot. Or uh, like any job he like... wants, I don't know about any kind of money because, like I said, they are running like a startup. They are trying to spend their money wisely, but right. you know, you know, they're gonna. They're gonna find a spot for Jr. Jr.'s been in wrestling a long time. I mean, seriously, he's seriously he's been in wrestling even longer than Chris Jericho, which is kind of 
hard to say because you know exactly because <laughs> he's been in there forever but i think that kind of knowledge that kind of wisdom is important to have around i i mean this will probably be the most negative thing i wasn't the biggest fan of his njpw announcing i didn't think it was horrible but you know i wasn't the biggest fan of it so i would definitely want him to be 100 percent familiar with the product when if he's calling uh all elite wrestling i uh, am my my opinion is that they should bring someone in younger that is going to you know be associated like the voice of all elite but then you think about it the other way and this is very much the positive way jr is like chris jericho his voice reaches the casuals people that don't like wrestling know who jim ross is yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, the guy's been around since, I mean, when did he get his start? The 70s? Yeah, early 80s? yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, so, way yeah. back then. Yeah, the uh, late 70s, 80s. So, I mean, it's one of those things people know. When you say Jim Ross, and you're like, oh, the wrestling guy, that's what you hear, the OU guy, you hear when he <laughs> says that. So he is definitely, he definitely brings a legitimacy to the company. So um, maybe they find somebody to do announcing, and he's the color i don't know what they're gonna do i'm i'm looking forward to whatever they decide to do yeah absolutely what about joey janella and penelope ford um any word on are they solely contracted talent or will they have any backstage role um what do you think there from what i understand they are just contracted talent i don't believe either i don't believe joey janela's exclusive he'll still be allowed to run his joey janela's spring break and do his stuff with game changer uh and, right. and, and he'll still work with all elite uh, all elite like he did at all in uh penelope uh, ford i mean look at look at it's almost seriously I think like every woman that was on All In has an exclusive mm-hmm. contract with the company right now. Say that now. Say that one more time. Like every woman that was in All In has an exclusive uh-huh. or a contract with the company right now. Because Jordan yeah, yeah, Grace was in the point. B- yeah, you mentioned <laughs> the, the the fatal four way that they had, and how each one of them are with a different one, mm-hmm. and then you add on Jordan Grace, who is also with. Uh, impact with um, uh, Tessa Blanchard, right? Yeah. So, so now you yeah, got Penelope Ford, five major uh, female wrestlers, and now, like you said, and now now Penelope Ford, who didn't have her own match, but she did show off her talents uh, in the Joe Janela versus Hangman Page match, where that was the one and only time I've got to see Penelope Ford in a ring live. I've got to see her live at a press conference. Uh, me and you did. Me and you seen her at, live at the press conference. Yeah, I actually um, have a picture with her. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, that those handspring, those backflip handsprings that she does, uh, getting away from people, that spot that she does, that is so cool to me, man. That is, just, I just love that. <laughs> yeah, and that backflip into the stunner. Yeah, she she's super talented, and I think they're gonna get you know complete use out of her. And her and Joey Janela have their act 
down. You know, that she plays oh, the yeah. perfect Absolutely. she plays the perfect role for him. And so it's like as you know, they, they balance each other out really well and then she's a, a tremendous uh, singles competitor. I saw her in a match against Jazz at NWA seventy. So like so she can go on her own. So that that is uh that that's great. And like I said, it's just they opening the doors for more opportunities for more wrestlers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next person I want to talk about, and I'm so excited. That's why I'm just like jumping right on this one right here. Tell everyone about our favorite new wrestler, MJF, bro. Dude, if you never, and, and, and I, I can't even say met MJF. I think that's uh, almost underselling it. Have you, if you've never had the MJF experience? You freaking need to. MJF Maxwell Jacob Friedman is a character, and he is. You don't know where he begins and the character ends. He's so good at what he does. I'm like literally at all in insulting me to my face, and I got a big smile on my face because it's this is pure wrestling. This is. 80s wrestling this is never losing never uh never losing your gimmick uh, you know you're going to be a dick and you know some people you know and you know there is always a risk there because you know some people might not take it the right way you know <laughs> and they might actually try to hurt you but he just doesn't it's such a swarmy Oh, nasty way that it's just beautiful. <laughs> it is old yeah, school yeah, hill. Absolutely awesome, man. Yeah, when it people... is absolutely awesome. Yeah, when you and I met him, he was with Brian Pillman Jr. And when MJF walked off, Brian Pillman Jr. told us, "Like, I don't know if that's really him or if that's just his gimmick because I've never seen him act any other way." And uh, last month, I, uh, you know, like I said earlier in the show, I am a uh, full-time commentator for two promotions, uh, one in Texas, one in Oklahoma. Well, the Texas promotion I work for, brought we brought in Brian Pillman Jr., and I got to spend, you know, about a half hour with him backstage, just me and him chit-chatting. We exchanged numbers and stuff like that. Uh, and we've talked a couple of times, and, and he's actually mentioned that since then. He's told me, he's like, yeah, dude, that, that guy is freaking awesome. Like, I don't know where his gimmick ends and the real person starts. Like, he's just like, it's just so seamless. So for a guy that grew up, you know, with a dad as a professional wrestler that, that you know, pioneered, uh, you know, blurring that kayfabe line, that's uh, that's high praise. You know what I mean? Saying, saying something like that, you know, because Brian Pillman, the original is is the, the king of of living his gimmick. You know what I mean? If you ask me, yeah. So I, I just thought that was a really cool conversation that I got to have with Pillman Jr. And I and I, uh, I absolutely agree. Uh, MJF is one of those things. It's like sometimes you'll hear wrestlers and say they'll say heels and faces are are dead. There's no such thing as a heel or face. I'm like MJF's a heel. MJF will not let you cheer him. MJF will ridicule you for trying to cheer him. He is a new age heel. If you want to be a heel and get heel heat, you watch MJF because he knows how to do it. He will not let you root for him. Yeah, you and I have talked about this before. About two months after I started training, um, 
you know, and I'm getting into the game a little late. I didn't start training until I was 29 before I started in-ring training and stuff. And so I was really, uh, you know, I was kind of like, you know, I really want to wrestle a more, you know, the 80s style of wrestling. The, you know, the, the Miz, I know the Miz is not, he's like, he's obviously not an 80s wrestler, but he wrestles that style, that kind of Ric Flair style. It's not the strong style that is being popularized today, right? So I, I was telling you about that, and right around that time that I started thinking of, you know, I wonder how much, you know, how many other people are going to wrestle that style in, say, like five years, you know, or a strong style is going to take over all of wrestling. And it was right after that, Meltzer had published an article, and uh, or published the newsletter, and he mentioned MJF, and he said MJF is uh, the first of a wave of new professional wrestlers that are taking it a little bit back from strong style and going more of an 80s, 80s style of in-ring work and and going very heavy on character work, like back in the 80s, whereas today it's more of in-ring competition and less about the character work. MJF is this uh, the first of this. He's like the spearhead of this new wave that we're going to be seeing in the next five to ten years of people going more uh, towards character work and going an older school style of wrestling. And I just thought that was so cool that right around the time that I kind of figured out, like, that's what I want to do. Like, you know, it's, it's being popularized, you know, and MGF being like the face of that new movement. I just think that's really, really cool, man. And yeah, like, like we said, dude, he does not, he, there's no line of kayfabe for him. Like it's all K like he lives kayfabe. It's absolutely it's uh it's almost refreshing in today's wrestling world, you know. Um, what about Pac, man? Like you got Pac is uh a, officially a contracted wrestler for AEW, right? Yes, he is officially a contracted wrestler. He showed up to the press conference with his uh Dragon Gate open the Dream Gate, open the uh, Dream Gate belt which is uh, their main title. He's the, their champion. Uh, and it looks like they were setting up a few between him and Hangman uh, for that the title at uh, Double or Nothing. Um, yeah, I thought this was a big signing. I thought this is... Uh, they treated him like he was a big deal, and they treated him. I mean, I mean seriously, Hangman has, what, a good five, six inches on him, and a few, you know, about probably about 50 pounds, but they treated him like he was the bigger, like he was almost the bigger star of the group. And, you know, and it's like when you're that level, when this is what you'll get with some of the people that defect from the WWE, if they do defect, it'll be that. It's just that, you know, they're not worried about size limits. They're not worried about everybody being six foot two eighty, six seven two eighty, or whatever. They're they're like, if you can work, if you're elite, if you're an elite athlete, they want you. And right. Devil, you, you, there's not many more elite athletes than him. No, absolutely not. And I think, me personally, I think in the next two years, if they haven't already, I think. Um, WWE is gonna rue the day that they they they're really gonna regret the day that they let Pac walk away, that they let Adrian Neville walk away, because I think this guy's got big star material written all over him. He's just an absolute beast. Yeah, and now with their UK division, he definitely could have. Could you imagine him and Pete Dunne having a match? 
I don't know. I, I mean, God, like, yeah, they and they had to know at that point in time, WWE, like that NXT UK is not something that they uh, just thought of and, and got it out six weeks later. Like that was in the plans for a long time. Yeah. And they should have known, you know, but hey, what are you going to do? Because it's it's going to do nothing but benefit us as the fans because he just brings another layer into the AEW promotion that's being yeah, started. So. And, 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 you know, with any wrestling company, you're going to get a wrestler and he might not be mature enough, he might not have the physique, and, you know, he might not work out with you. And then he goes to another company and maybe he gets more serious about it. Maybe he works out a little bit more. And then he hits with that company. And people are going to be like, how'd you miss out on that guy? Well, he wasn't that guy when we had him. It's like Drew McIntyre. It's like Drew McIntyre completely has evolved as a character, you know, from the time he was in WWE the first time. So it's like right. to say WWE missed out on him. They didn't. No, he had to grow up. He'll tell you that. So, I, you know, I I am of the opinion that you will make it when you're supposed to make it, where you're supposed to make it. I think think AEW is going to do a great job of spotlighting people that might not have been spotlighted elsewhere. Uh, And I think Pac is going to definitely be one of those people. He is very much, he fits more into, to me, he fits more with AEW than he fits with WWE because he is very much indie popular. And it's just like the indie fan base, even though this is not an indie anymore, uh, the indie fan base loves Pac. So Mm -hmm. this is where he needs to be. Um, they also, and I didn't put this on the show notes, but they also offer, uh, announced a deal with OWE, the Oriental Wrestling Entertainment is how I understand it. I've heard Oriental Wrestling uh, experience, so forgive me if I'm wrong, uh, but the uh, the Stronghearts, are, which is a group... Uh, a group of wrestlers uh, led by Shima. Uh, they're going to be uh, apparently performing with uh, with, uh, with all, all Elite Wrestling. He's going to bring guys over there, and they're going to get featured in the spotlight. The reason I bring this up, I'm very excited. I know they announced it, but the fact is, All Elite Wrestling, I think what people are missing out is People want to call them WCW. People want to call them ECW. I think that's what you're missing out on. All Elite Wrestling doesn't really care where you're wrestling right now. If you're good at wrestling and you bring something unique and you bring something that fans will, they feel fans will pay to see, they'll use you. Of course, they want to be under the All Elite uh, name brand or whatever. But it's just like if you're just, you know, trying to get over with them and, you know, go back to your other company, I don't think they'll mind that. You know what I mean? It's just they want to put on the best wrestling product before because thinking about having exclusive contracts and exclusive this, that is the WWE's way of thinking, which has worked really, really well for them. I mean, they're a billion dollar company. I'm not knocking them. But their goal is that they want to change the universe. The goal is they want to present an alternative. And the only way to do that is to actually be an alternative, is to actually be different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, while, while we're on that, we're going to veer just for a second because I want to ask you, when AEW premieres, um, let's say 
six months after they premiered. They got a TV deal. The whether it, you know, I assume it's going to be a weekly show. If you know everything works out right, they'll have pay per views and stuff. In six six months after the the first show goes on the air, um, do you see AEW as a clear number three behind Ring of Honor uh, and WWE? Do you put them number four behind WWE, Ring of Honor, and Impact, or do you put them at a close? number two to WWE or I mean a distant number two I'm going to say a distant number two to WWE distant number two I I mean and and, and that's how it is it's like WWE is laughing the competition but I'm just saying it's going to be five or ten years before you would say oh they're our actual number two but they took the biggest stars I'm just I'm just saying like I love, I mean, Ring of Honor wrestling. They took the biggest stars from Ring of Ring of Honor. You know, they did. And they, they took did. the biggest draws. They took Cody, the Bucks, and Hangman. They took the biggest draws. Marty's still there. He's a draw, but I'm just saying they took like four of the five biggest draws. So it's just like they literally weakened Ring of Honor by the moment they left them. Impact Wrestling always seems to be holding on by a string. You yeah. know, like. Always, I mean, it's good. I mean, and I'll tell anybody, their week to week product is ten times better than it's been recently. It is one of that. It's one of the reasons I said all elite should acquire Impact. Their week to week product is freaking amazing, and I think everybody should be watching it. And if you're a fan of women's wrestling, they feature women's wrestling quite a bit on Impact Wrestling. And but you know, of course, this show's not Impact. About Impact, it's about All Elite. And when I'm saying that, it's just just be, just the people you have make you number two. The, the passionate fan base, the social media marketing that they do so well. I mean, like some of the biggest fans I know in wrestling are All Elite fans. And I I was uh it was an idea I brought up and I haven't got a chance to talk to you about it is that as we're getting closer to the as we're getting closer to double double nothing I've met a few uh hardcore uh, elite fans and I'm going to interview them for this show the reason being is I believe the whole reason this is happening is because of their hardcore fan base. I don't know. I've heard Kiss of Our Generation. That's what I've heard uh, the elite. I, I've always said they're more like a Backstreet Boys and NSYNC to me. But uh, people might stab me for that, so I apologize. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just want to interview fans. I want to get their thoughts, their experiences with the All Elite. Because, with the Elite, because... I think it's important for people to hear from them because they're the lifeblood of all uh, AEW. They're the reason AEW exists. Yeah, I I totally get that. Um, just to kind of get back on track to talking about some of the get personnel that we know is going to be a part of the show currently. Um, explain to us who Shahid Khan is. Uh, uh, Shahid Khan or Shad Khan, some people call him, but I've, uh, based on what I looked and the pronunciation, it's actually Shahid. Uh, he is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars and Fulton uh, FC football, you know, of a club in London. Uh, he's worth over six billion dollars. So, Jeez. the dude's rich. 
And pretty much, he's the money man, and this is his son's passion project. So he's he was at the a press conference wearing his he was at, at the press conference wearing his all elite hat, and he's like, you know, and he was there, you know what I'm saying? But he probably could give a crap about wrestling. And so you don't think Shahid Khan uh, cares so much about wrestling, but his son Tony Khan, right? Yeah, his son Tony Khan is puts, the big wrestling. Yeah, fan. he. I mean, seriously, he's on my level. He's on the extreme. He's the tape trader. He was at the ECW arena in the nineties. You know. Uh, oh really? Yeah. You know, like every every rumor, everything I've heard of is he's a guy. He's like he was like uh, at the New Japan show in San Francisco. He was in the first row, you know. Really? I didn't know This is dude's a hardcore wrestling fan. I mean, wow. If anything, it's like if I didn't know anything about Cody or I would root for this company to succeed because of that reason. Because it's like seriously, what's going on right now is if I had a hundred million dollars in a business acumen. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. You know, I would be doing the same things he's doing. He's signing the right, right people. He's making the right decisions, and he's doing the best thing. He's he's putting smart wrestling minds around him, smart business minds, people that know wrestling around him. So you know, so it can be a success. And yeah, like seriously, it's every time I learn more about Tony Khan, he's becoming more of my role model. <laughs> I dig it, man. I absolutely. Dig I mean, it. just like some, sometimes I, I've said that he's like he's just me if he like, he had a shit ton of money. <laughs> hey, the last the last bit of or the last the last group I should say of contracted personnel for AEW that I want to talk about today that we are going to talk about today uh, are the three producers that you found so far, and that's uh, Billy Gunn, BJ Whitmer, and Jeff Jones. Um, we. I think just about anyone listening to the show probably already knows uh, who Mr. Ass is, Billy Gunn. Uh, but who is B.J. Whitmer? B.J. Whitmer, he's the ROH through and through. He was working backstage at ROH. Uh, he's been with ROH over 10 years. I'm just going to use that. I, I mean, I could probably do more research and get you exact dates, but come on. If you want to know. Wikipedia is there, uh, but he's been there for more than ten years. He was working backstage with them. They had somewhat of a falling out, and he left. And he landed with uh, AEW. He's uh, he's a veteran, you know. He he works the locker room. He he's a manager. Uh, you know he he's definitely going to help when help is needed. As far as with the young wrestlers, he's uh oh. Cody announced there's not going to be any writers. You know, there's not going to be any hired or contracted writers or whatever. So it's like that's, that'll probably be something that the producers help out a lot with. You know, Billy Gunn has been in, he was one of the trainers uh, for a long time with the WWE. He's been in, the, but they've both been in wrestling so long that their knowledge is going to be invaluable. So when Cody says that there's not going to be any writers, so they're just going to um, put together a week to week show, just like as a as a group. There's going to like a booking committee is going to talk pretty, about it, or pretty much. There, there, or does that mean like maybe they're not going to rely so much on storylines? They're going to be more, uh, you know, ring based. He's you know, just, where like they don't he, need much of a storyline. They you know. 
let's say Kenny Omega and Cody go head to head. Kenny Omega goes over and then Hangman Page comes out like New Japan style and just challenge upon challenge or if you want to speculate a little bit on that how are they going to put together like a week to week program specifically said I mean you've heard the how WWE used to be or WWF used to be written was it was Vince McMahon and Pat Patterson hanging out at a pool it's like wrestling didn't used to be as complicated as the WWE makes it right now you know it was like Hey, you two guys feud. Well, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. And someone will be like, that sounds stupid. And it's going to be more like that. It's going to be a collaborative effort with the wrestlers. That's how I see it. It's just like, it's going to lean to the strengths of the wrestlers, you know, against their weaknesses. And then you're going to tell the best stories and they're going to have surprises. And the best thing about that without any writers is you're not going to have like these big scripts that get leaked before the show and you're going to be able to actually surprise people. That's what I, I, one of the few things, one of the things I do miss about wrestling and especially in the eighties and nineties is being genuinely shocked when stuff happened. Right, right. I wonder, I wonder, man, I'm, I'm just so curious, like, you know, how close they can get to, you know, being as big as the WWE. I know, you know, I know that's, you know, it's a fool's errand. Anybody that ever tries to get as big as the WWE fails miserably. Uh, but I'm just, you know, I'm just so curious because they, it looks like they're doing stuff so much different than the WWE is currently doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Mike Bennett has been really putting out the hashtag trust the process that's been his yeah. really big thing and I honestly i honestly think that's how business and companies should be run trust the process i think if all elite spends their money wisely uh you know books the right people and just try to put on the best show that they can every every week you won't have to worry about competing with the wwe because you will because if your week-to-week product is quality every week, you'll already be ahead of the WWE. Because a lot of times, and this is from other, just from other fans and just anybody, look, WWE's week-to-week product isn't worth watching. Mm-hmm. So if they can just come out and put on their best performances and make their show must-see TV, there will there will be no problems. Yeah. That will be great. They don't have to worry about the WWE. And that's the whole thing. Is like I want to be clear. I love the WWE. I do. Bottom of my heart, I have a WWF tattoo on my left leg. I have a WrestleMania tattoo on my right arm. I love the WWE. I also love the AEW. I love All Elite Wrestling. I love Ring of Honor. I love New Japan. Major League Wrestling. Impact. Women, uh, women are wrestling. I think there is, n- there can never be too much quality wrestling. If you wanted to put on a great wrestling show seven days a week, I would watch a great wrestling show seven days a week. That's just who I am. So with me, I don't think, I don't think there has to be this big. You line in the sand. I just think you just love wrestling. Now, right. when you ask me if there's if there's a Raw and an AEW show 
on the same night or SmackDown and AEW. I'm probably going to AEW. Yeah. Now, is that because Cody, the Young Bucks, and the rest of the Elite are a part of that, or is it because it's new? Um, or I go some other reason. It's simply put. I told Cody this. I go where Cody goes. Now, now Cody probably couldn't pick me out of a lineup. There's people that have met him many more times than me, but. I go where Cody goes. If Cody is Cody's like, I'm going to be there. I even told him that I was like, I hadn't, it was like when we were at NWA 70, he's like, Oh, what you're doing for WrestleMania? I don't know. Cause I don't know what you're doing yet. Well, I got you. <laughs> it's like, that's how it is. It's like WrestleMania week. All I know is I'm going to WrestleMania and then everything else is up for grabs. So, I am like I key I still have my uh G one supercard of honor ticket hoping that they crash the party somehow. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, man. Like um do you that's that actually leads into one of the final questions that we're gonna ask before we get out of here. Uh do you have any idea about any kind of uh talent swaps or any kind of working agreements that they're gonna have with any other promotions? I think they're willing to work with anyone. I think yeah. that, that I think they're willing to work with anyone. I don't think I think they feel like their product is going to be presented so differently that it's not going to be like you know your product, whatever. Like if you have, let's say, Brian Cage and Impact, they're going to present him differently in AEW, so therefore it won't cause an oversaturation product. Only person, only group we know right now is the uh, OWE. I'm hoping they get something done with uh, Impact fairly soon. Uh, New Japan will probably be a little later in the year, but just because of the ROH and G1 Supercard of Honor, I think that's how what it's called. Uh, so I think that'll be later. Uh, I think. You might see some people from Championship Wrestling of Hollywood. They seem to have some kind of relationship with them. Maybe even PWG. It's just, you're you basically, you're looking at Cody and the Young Bucks and you look at who they have relationships with and imagine those are going to come to fruition. Right now, there's some kind of bidding war for Pentagon and Phoenix. That, I mean, like seriously... I mean, Kenny signing, of course, is number one priority. But for me, that's number two and three. It's like getting Pentagon and Phoenix. Because unlike a lot of great tag teams, you get two great singles wrestlers, too, with them. Yeah, they're very interchangeable. And that's not something you can say just about any tag team. You know, they can they can go out there one week and defend their tag team titles, and they can put on a five-star match and a one-on-one match the next week. Yeah, so that would be... Uh, that would be high on my list. To me, another thing they should do is getting working relationship with Sammy Callahan. I think he's another one of the best hills in the business, and I just think he's a great, great wrestler. He's a hot wrestler. He has he has a following, so I think that would be smart to get a relationship with him also. Absolutely, yeah. You know, my my trainer who I train with, uh, you know, on two or three times a week, and he's a good friend of mine. I work with him at multiple promotions, uh, and that's Dirty Andy Dalton. He's a 15-year vet out of Texas. Him and Sammy Callahan are real good friends. They work, they've worked each other on multiple occasions, and those those matches that they work together are some of the hardest-hitting matches 
And Sammy Cal- watching Sammy Callahan in that, he can, I mean, he can just do anything, man. He, he is an awesome in-ring performer. He's an awesome freaking heel, too, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like I said, if, like, if someone asked me if you had, you know, the uh, their money, what's the one thing you would do? And it, it's Choir Impact Wrestling. That's the thing I would do. I, yeah. it, it solidifies your women's division. It solidifies, it makes your tag team division amazing. It makes your singles division damn near elite. Uh, it's just, it, it's crazy. Because I honestly think they're putting on some of the best wrestling that no one's watching. Yeah, I can see it, man. I can absolutely see it. Uh, final thing, man, before we go, the ticket announcement party. What's going on there? Ticket announcement party is Friday, uh, Thursday, yep. uh, Thursday, February 7th, 7th, 2019. It's 8 p.m. Central Time, 9 p.m. Eastern. It's at the Talent Pool at MGN Grand Hotel. It is a free event open to the public. So, you know, you're going to get some hardcore fans flying out there. Uh, I'm more than likely they're going to announce the tickets on sale. Probably will go on sale like the next day. Uh, but that's the next big event for all elite wrestling. Of course, a double or nothing is May 25th at the MGM Garden Arena. Uh huh. They will also be having Starcast 2 that weekend. This is Memorial Day weekend. Uh, you can go to Starcast with that with two R's. Starcast.com. Uh, they have hotel reservation, cars, flight deals that they've created. Conrad's hooking it up. They actually have a discount code with Southwest that goes on sale uh, February 1st. So they are really doing a big push. I will tell you, uh, if you like, if you've always had an idea of like Woodstock, uh, Starcast last year was like a kind of a wrestling Woodstock. So it you, was. Know, you should definitely be there. You should definitely be there if you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I do believe it is time to wrap up our first episode of the new show, my friend. All right. Uh, well, any just, parting words? Just got a couple plugs. Uh, pro wrestling tees. Doing a sale starting today at 12 till Monday at 12, 15% off everything with the code Rumble. You should go buy some social suplex t shirts. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. We want to think, we want to, yeah, that's one thing that I would like to part with as well uh, is we want to thank everyone at social suplex, including Jeremy Donovan, for giving us the opportunity to be on the podcast network, to be on the website. Uh, they gave me my first ever job in the wrestling business, and now uh, they've given me a—they've given us a very unique opportunity, a very uh, awesome opportunity to be a part of their every ever-growing podcast network, man. So thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, all the guys at Social Suplex. We truly appreciate it. Yep, and my parting words is: Hey, whatever you do in life. I will sign off with make sure you're trying to make it elite. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank y'all so much, Floyd. Thank you so much. I learned something from you new every single day, so I truly appreciate it. And until next week, guys, stay strong and too sweet.